Welcome to the Have a Drink with Some Geeks podcast. Let's join our geeky hosts on this week's episode. And welcome to another episode of Have a Drink with Some Geeks podcast. I'm your host, Matt. I'm Adam. All right, and this is the podcast where we geeks drink and tell you our opinions on stuff and things. Yes. Adam, welcome back. Uh, yeah, it was a great little vacation. Good, good. For, Glad for the ladies' fortieth. So, good, good. Yeah, we uh, we're back to your ear holes, folks. After a week off and getting some episodes recorded and some content watched, so we can get this into your ear holes. Yeah, maybe get some sponsorships. Get us paid <laughs> at some point. That would never hurt. All right, folks. Well, before we dive into this week's episode, we're gonna talk about where to find us. You're going to find, follow, like, subscribe, all that good stuff at Geek Drink Pod mm-hmm. on all social media platforms. So that's Discord, Instagram, X, Facebook, uh, TikTok. Um, what was the other one we were on late recently? RebelliousSingles.com. Yeah, RebelliousSingles.com. We're also on KyberCrystal.net. <laughs> Where you put this Kyber Crystal? <laughs> That's a secret. Get by smacked Hyperbole. by K2SO. <laughs> <laughs> My Ro- daddy. <laughs> Robotbondage.org. There you uh, go. There we go. Well, folks, before we dive into the episode, we got to talk about our drink of the week. Grab your beverage and join along as the geeks discuss the drink of the week. Alright folks, this week we are returning to uh, one we had last year at the end of the year. Yeah. Island Rascal. Yes. Island Rascal. From uh, New Belgium. Or no, sorry, Avery. 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 It's a Belgian style wheat mm-hmm. from Avery. Yes. Alright. It Cheers. has it's tropical, juicy, and tart. That's usually how people refer to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think tropical. <laughs> hey, 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 I'm brown. Oh, that's tasty. It's so smooth. I like it. It's got passion fruit in it. That's probably what gives it the juicy and, and tart. In the, the top, in the tropical, all at once. Juicy tart. All right, folks. Well, now that we've had a sip and we'll continue to keep sipping on our beverage, it's time to talk about this week's topic. What are the geeks going to talk about this week? All right, folks. If you haven't guessed, then you really suck at guessing. Um, We are talking about Rogue One this week. Yes. The first Star Wars spinoff from the original trilogies. Or from the trilogies. Or just the saga. The saga. Who knows how they refer to it anymore. Saga. Um, yeah, so, uh, 2016 release, so this movie is mm-hmm. eight years old now. Yep. Um, it had a budget of $265 million, brought in $1 billion. Yeah. $1 Rightly billion. So. <laughs> um, Did you just put your pinky up? Yeah, like, that's Dr. Evil. Dr. Evil, Evil. okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, you've got a Star Wars spinoff, uh, directed by Gareth Edwards, uh, the story was by uh, Chris Wields and Tony Gilroy. Um, 
Yeah, so Adam, give me your initial thoughts. Oh, I I really liked this film. Um, Gareth Edwards, I really like his director, even though like I wasn't the biggest fan of his Godzilla movie, but I really love his initial, like, one of his earlier movies called Monsters. Uh, that's not my wreck of the week, but if you want a bonus wreck of the week, cha-ching, you have uh, Monsters. I think I've recommended it before. But no, I think Garrett Edwards, Gareth Edwards was a... Uh, he brought like a lot of... Like a grittiness and a realistic... More human element to Star Wars. And I think this was kind of the first time you really saw that. Because everything was so much more grand and played out but it's like no this was the first time where it's like these are just people well and this film is very much reminiscent of a like a world war ii epic a war epic i actually had notes about that like the world war ii rebellion but like the french rebelling against the nazis was kind of my takeaway yeah i mean this had very much war movie vibes Mm -hmm. classic 50s 60s war movies that yes uh referenced uh world war ii you know you've got that scene where they are storming the beach obviously when they're on scarif mm-hmm. very reminiscent of of the d-day kind of scenes yes. you see in a lot of media uh also i really like the scene where cassie and andor is meeting with the informant and shoots the stormtroopers it's just like what did you do can't get out of here with that with my arm broken he's like it's okay don't worry about it and then he just shoots the informant and it's just like he's doing anything to get the information his, he needs the information yeah. and the mission done and yeah so so we got a pretty big cast here you know oh, we got amazing cast uh felicity jones uh also best known for amazing spider-man 2 true story uh Who she played amazing spider-man 2 she was. I'm going to pull her filmography up for you. Uh, her name is Felicia Hardy. She basically... Oh, uh, she been was the, Sp- black, yeah. the black cat character, mm-hmm. but uh, you didn't really get to know her too well. But she's a great actress. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but... Um, you've got her. You've got Diego Luna, obviously. Oh, Diego name, Luna. Uh, actor... Working on the Andor series currently. Yeah, are are they supposed to come out with the second series of it? Uh, season two, yes. It's it's it should okay. be released this year. I I will fully admit to our listeners, I haven't caught up because I mean I know I made a New Year's resolution to Matt to try and catch up on Star Wars stuff, but this is kind of further down the road, <laughs> and I can't just jump in whenever. I haven't even caught up on it yet. Okay. So. But it's the only series I hear I'm it's on. great. You got yes. like Stellan Skarsgård in it, and yeah, uh, uh, yes. I can't think of his name. He played Gollum in Lord of the Rings. Andy, Andy Circus, yeah, okay, he's a big part in that one as well. We're sorry to our <laughs> Lord of the Ring friend. You um, know who you are. We're giving you kind of a silent shout out. <laughs> um, We've also got Ben Mendelsohn. Uh, oh, Ben Mendelsohn was fantastic yes. in this. And he's got... he uh, He's fantastic in everything he does. <laughs> yes, and he cameos his role later on in some of the animated stuff, too. Okay, that's um, nice. 
Donnie Yen. Oh, I have a whole note about Donnie Yen. We'll have to get into that <laughs> in a second. But, um, uh, who was I going to say? Um, Mads Mikkelsen was yes. fantastic. He's actually one of my favorite actors um, who is wasted in everything he does, apparently. Uh, you know, he was pretty good in Fantastic Beasts, the most recent one. Um, I enjoyed him in uh, <laughs> Doctor Strange. Okay, th- that that gets into my hot take. We'll we'll get into that in a second. But um, um, Alan Tudyk, yes, Alan Tudyk is a mainstay in Disney films. Disney, yeah. Yes. I mean, uh, name a few. Go nuts. Moana. He plays yep. Hey Hey. Uh, <laughs> he's the toucan in uh, Encanto. Yes, he is the king he's, of the whatever. He's racing or like. W- Emperor Wesselton? Something like that. In Wesselton. <laughs> Wesselton. In Frozen. Um, he is... The, no, he's Duke Wesselton. Duke Wesselton. He is the gumdrop king or whatever that is in Wreck-It Ralph. Yes. He's, um, yeah. He knocks it out as a voice actor, but uh, I'll always remember him as Wash from Firefly and Serenity. <laughs> um, he also played Sonny in... Uh, I Robot. Yes. I don't know if that's one you are familiar no, with. No, I am familiar with that one. Yeah. I actually like it. It's like probably the last Alex Parias movie that I actually enjoyed. Because <laughs> whatever the next one was like The Knowing or something like that with Nicolas Cage and it was just trash. Oh, I didn't realize this. He was also um, Iago in the live action uh, Aladdin. Oh, I, I I haven't seen it. So, not another. <laughs> so, um, bonus hot got, take. Ching 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 ching. Um, uh, you've got Force Whitaker. Yeah, but my bonus hot take was stop remaking movies, you bastards! <laughs> it all sucks. <laughs> anyway, but we'll we have Force point later. Well, we have Force Whitaker. Yeah, Forrest Whitaker uh, playing Saul Guerrero. Saul Guerrero, who he also played in the um, animation. So, did, did he do the voiceover for it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's nice. So he was in Rebels. He uh, also portrays the character later on in Bad Batch, which is something that last season's coming out in a few weeks. And mm-hmm. It's gonna be fantastic. Well, um, I'm trying. I'm working on it. <laughs> and then you've it's got only been a month. So uh, repriving their roles from the. Star Wars saga from the prequels and the original trilogy. James Earl Jones is back to voice Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy Smith is back to play Bail Organa. Mm-hmm. And uh, Geneve O'Reilly is playing the younger version of Mon Mothma. And then you also have, of course, your C-3PO cameo. Yes, and then all the deep fakes of Grand Moff Tarkin and... <laughs> Princess Leia. Yes. Actually, okay. I so, guess... That, well, let's talk about that real quick. Yeah, I was actually going to be like, does it bug you? Nope. It bugs me. It didn't bug me one bit. I mean, watching the, the film, I was like, okay, fine. The Princess then, Leia one obviously was a little less realistic. It wasn't a very good representation of her. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Moth Harkin, I thought it was well done for what it was. I mean, it was pretty new technology at the time. We hadn't seen it really 
that much. The actor portraying the mannerisms, doing the voice work, yeah, did a great job. Was uh, almost who, spot who on. Who was it again? Oh my God, it was. Um, uh, it was. All right, his name is on the tip of my brain. Spencer Whiting, uh, who did the. He did. The, oh no, sorry, that was Darth Vader. Uh, stand by. Guy Henry. No, that he just did the. It wasn't the original actor. No, no, it, Peter, Peter Cushing. Cushing. Peter, Peter oh, Cushing. Sorry. Yeah, Peter Cushing sorry. died years ago. Yes, but do you think? Like, I guess this is a topical question. Do you think it's okay to bring back dead actors using these sort of AI or? Well, at the time, it was as it was kind of new, and it wasn't. As controversial as it is now, especially with the right, the Striders, uh, the Striders, the Strider, the actors, Aragorn, and and how that works. Um, in this sense, I was okay with it because I mean they didn't just CG and AI him entirely. They used a live actor. They used him to redo the voice work. They really only CGI'd the face, part of his facial features on him. But it was a new actor portraying a role. Um. So no, I for for this aspect, I didn't have a bad a bad feeling with it or or any negative connotations. It'd be one thing if it was like we get an Obi Wan Kenobi series tomorrow and they've just AI'd um, like you know McGregor. No, not Ian McGregor. I'm trying to think the original Alec Guinness, and they just entirely CG and AI that one. I would have an issue with that, but if they're recasting it and using. CG to kind of make them look similar or very much alike, then I'm not, I don't have an issue with it. Okay. I mean, I just, like, I mean, here's my point. The Uncanny Valley. You know what that is, right? Things just don't look right sometimes when you look at it and your mind is just like, that doesn't look real. So, that was my only problem. With them using this uncanny valley deep fake AI generated characters, I was just like, uh, they just don't look realistic. And I mean, I'm a big proponent, and I've said it before on the show practical effects, that sort of thing. Recast someone would be fine, but you don't need to use CG to make their face look spooky and eerily not real. <laughs> I thought it looked pretty realistic for what it was. I mean, it's never going to be spot on. It never will be. Not with the technology, obviously, of today. But for such a... You know, Peter Cushing had a very unique facial structure and a very unique look. There is not an actor I could think of that they'd be like, we're going to oh, recast no. it, you're going to play it. Peter Cushing, like, was with Christopher Lee yeah. in the Hammer films. Do you get that Yes. Did you watch any of the Hammer films? I, years ago. Really? Um, I mean, but, so in this aspect, such an iconic character, such an iconic actor in the facial structure, you kind of have to use some of the CG to recreate it. Yeah. I, it's Like I said, it's one thing if they just AI Peter Cushing into it mm-hmm. entirely. It's another thing if they use this... A, another actor and... Which kind of what they the did face. in yeah. episode three is just, they had an actor that just walked away. Yeah, and there was no... Yeah. <clears throat> but, um... Yeah, so... I mean, I have 
issues with CGI, but that's my thing. Um, well, let's just talk, I guess, um, the style of the filmmaking. It felt very guerrilla, very sort of, wasn't like grandiose, very like big shots. It felt like it was more in the I trenches, say, more... I would agree to that to an extent. I think part of it did have that grandiose feel to it still. True. Like, um, showing, like, a, a Star Destroyer against the Death Star oh, yeah. is and, very or showing, grandiose. Like, showing the, showing the, the, the scale. The, the dish being installed. And, yeah. yeah. That's, like, the scale. That's one thing. But I think, like, for more the character stuff, like, the the actors acting or the actors doing their action sequences. It felt a little bit more like guerrilla filmmaking. Like, kind of, I don't want to say shaky cam because it wasn't shaky cam, but it it felt like quick and witty and just like boom, boom, boom. It's like, even if you think of like the the scene where yeah. they're freeing Jin Urso from... Um, the Imperials at the first part. It's like, okay, she gets out, she beats to death these rebels, oh, yeah. <laughs> pretty much, and then all of a sudden she gets like choke slammed by K2SO, K- yeah. K2SO. It was just, everything was so like, pop, pop, pop. So, let me ask you this question then, Adam. Okay. Having so Donnie Yen and and those characters on Jedha play protectors of the Force, the mm-hmm. guardians of the wills, uh, or the Willis, um, did that add to the film? Did it add to the mystique of Star Wars, or did that kind of detract and confuse audiences? Uh, I think it adds. Like, it's hard to say because I think it adds to the lore and the mis like the magical ability of the force if that makes sense because it's like oh you don't necessarily have to be a jedi to be attuned with the force mm-hmm. um and and they always say like i mean every every character is always like trust in the force pray to the force it's like it's this spiritual is there, yeah is there mystic thing yeah and so it's like it would be foolish to think like oh other people who are not jedi can attune with it and especially in a situation where the empire has exterminated most of the jedi and it's like okay yeah it would make sense to have like characters who Mm -hmm. are force sensitive and they can do this stuff and oh yeah, and not, something... not just a kid that can grab a broom. Well, and it's something but... that is expanded upon in the animation and some of the new li- newer live action yeah. stuff as well. But it's like think of a guy who, like Donnie Yen, he's blind. Yeah, enhances his other senses. He becomes he is force sensitive, so he uses that. It's like. Okay, it makes sense. It makes sense within the world. And, I mean, it makes sense even in our world of, like, people are able to do crazy things when, like, other things are blocked off. It's like other things get enhanced. So, um, 
I'm I'm completely down with that sort of adaptation of that. Um, Donnie Yen is one of my favorite martial artists and actors of all time. Um, that would get into my rec, but we're not going to talk about that just yet. But uh, what do you think, Matt? You know, I think as if you were a casual fan of Star Wars and not in tune with a lot of the lore, then yeah, that'd be kind of confusing. Like, is he a Jedi? Was he a Jedi? Does he have anything to do with it? Is he kind of halfway? No, I would say he is just someone who views the Force as that mystic, mystic properties, that kind of spiritualism. I don't think he has really true any Force attunement. Um, I think he just acknowledges the Force existence and and tries to incorporate believing in it in his daily life. Okay. Um, almost like I'd say he's very similar to like a, almost like a Buddhist monk. Um, having that spiritualism, having that devoutness. Um, obviously, are you saying like the difference between like a Shaolin monk and a yeah. Buddhist monk? Okay. Yeah. Okay, I get it. And no. then also having you know. Some realism, uh, you know, of his current scenario and his current allotment in life, especially with Jeddah being a military operation now and having to kind of scrounge and survive and do what he has to. But Jeddah's a very holy spiritual site in the Star Wars universe, and like full of these Kyber crystals. Yes, so Uh, one of one of several locations in the series, such as Ilum. Mm-hmm. Um, Which becomes Starkiller Base, right? Yes, yes. it's it's where all the Jedi go to get their their initial uh, crystal. So, which uh, is kind of a cool planet when you when you learn about it later in the animation. Okay, now I'm getting there. I'm working on it. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> um, so let's also talk about um, some of the Easter eggs and tie-ins this had to. Moving into New Hope. Okay, few things I need to address. Fan service, which will come in more on our next episode. But did we need to see C3PO and R2D2 at all? No, but I think. Thank you. Thank you. That's all I needed. No, you well, don't need to I explain. Say, no, I will explain. <laughs> I think you don't need it, but I think the way Star Wars works is they are representations of yourself in the series because they tell, appear. In, tell that to the Halo producers. They at appear this point. in everything. But um, I mean, C three PO and R two D two show up in Rebels. Yeah. Obviously, they're in Clone Wars. They make the appearance here. Uh, they, they make the appearance it? in uh, the Obi Wan Kenobi series. But did we need it? I think no. You, for a cameo role, I think that you did. But for a, why if have they cameos were, if it's just sort of like a cameo for a cameo's sake? If well, I, because it's if they are central characters in Star Wars lore. If if now here's no here's fine. my difference. If they had more of a support role and they actually had something to do with it, then I'd have an issue with it because okay. you're throwing them in for. Okay, I understand that. I just think, like, you could have had a a story and, like, not include. Like, you don't need C-3PO, R2-D2. You don't need Grogu. You don't need 
well, we Jinjar and you don't <laughs> need these characters. Like you don't need Ahsoka in everything. It's that's kind of my thing. It's like you can make a unique story, and this could have been a completely unique story. And even though it's like, yeah, I think in the unofficial expanded universe, it's completely different from. Oh yeah, that's that's been this now but, legends instead of canon. Yeah, but it's like. I just am like, I would, I'm like, I don't need to see these characters. It's a, it's a galaxy full of people, droids. So beings. do you think they do these things to help it, for the casual fan, tie in to, tie everything in for themselves? I, I would not say the casual fan. I will say the kind of casual person. Because, let's just say, you and I, casual fans. We know all these characters, whatever, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Even though we're super nerds. That's the whole point of this podcast. But let's just say, okay, we know these characters. Do we need to see them in everything? No. But to the stupid, ignorant fan who's just like, oh, Star Wars. I've heard of that before. Oh, I know of C-3PO. It ties it in for him. It yeah. ties it in for them. See, and I'm where it ties like, in for fan service. We are more intellectual. We're smarter. Well, here's We're where it ties better. in for fan... Here's, here's parts that tie into fan service that, for the casual fan, wouldn't understand. You've got a cameo of Chopper. You've got them talking about... Chopper... Like, so... Those Cizula. sort of, those sort of things are... by several times. So, those sort of things are tie-ins that are for the, the deep... Nerds. Us. Well, these are yes, those are for us. They but, also, I think, serve really good plot elements for those for the respective series because I thought that's fine. Yeah. But they throw in these big characters. It'd be like it's it, to me. It's just sort of like you're you're throwing it in for the people who are in it for the pop culture almost. Who are just okay. like, oh, I kind of know Star Wars. It's. It's not for you and I. <coughs> Sorry. Um, gotta quit smoking. <laughs> I actually don't smoke, but um, but it's I'm like remove that because it's like your casual fan, and as you saw from the box office of this film, they all went and saw it. Oh yeah, they didn't need to have a C-3PO or R2-D2 cameo in order to drag audiences in there. So, did they need to have Darth Vader in the film? Okay, so that was a really cool moment. Um, With both of them or just the, fir- the last? The the last one, okay. I think, was... like The first one was pretty good. Like, you got like the power. Yeah. Just like, do not choke on your aspirations. Well, and I think part of it, too, is it shows how desperate Krennic is for approved validation. Like, validation is, like, I don't want to say And he's going to run to Big Bad Darth Daddy to help him, and Darth Daddy has nothing to do with him. Why not? But, um, I, I thought that ending scene, and everyone has talked to death about it, but it, it, I think it was the first time you really see, like, Darth Vader being, like, such a badass, like, against 
people, a bunch of people with guns. Well, it's like <laughs> people that are not on his level. Because oh, yeah. Luke was always on his level. Yeah. And like, I mean, Empire, it's like, yeah, the whole thing. In Jedi, just, he's on his level. But it's like... In Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan's on his level. Yeah. Exactly. But it's like, you, you have people who, like, ants... It, Going well, up and against it adds a boot. <laughs> it has that mystique of the the mythology of Vader in for the people who live in yeah. who are living in that universe. It's like oh my the god, terror yeah, of the terror. And it was perfectly well timed that dark ship can't see any lights and you just see the lightsaber. It's like, yeah, yeah, that was great. Um, and I think it does a great job of. Ending the movie right there, and if you plug in your DVD and start up A New Hope, it's like, and it picks up. Yeah, it's fine. I, um, I so, would almost say, like, if you were to... My timeline, like, I guess, Matt, what's your timeline for Star Wars? Like, how to watch it is kind of my question. Like, what what would you recommend to someone who has never watched Star Wars before? You have to start four, five, six. Okay. And then go one, two, three, Rogue One, sequel trilogy. Okay. That, that that's similar. Yeah. Like I would just say four, five, six, and maybe like Rogue One and leave it at that. But I mean, I did like Force Awakens a lot, but that's my thing. We'll get into that on another episode, I guess. <laughs> but um no, no, I mean that makes sense. So so let me ask you, before we dive into hot takes, let me ask you this last question. Did the combat, the, the, the space fighter scene and the space combat over Scarif help fix or uh, add to the canon that we see in A New Hope? Well, yes, because they... Like, this is the first time they were called, like, Rogue Squadron, right? Or, like... No, so there was no Rogue Squadron, but Mm -hmm. here's, um... Like, Red 5 is Luke's call sign. Yes, and we have someone who's Red 5... taken out. Is taken out. Yeah. We use archival footage of some of the characters who were part of the Death Star run. Mm -hmm. Um, we have Green Squad, which is totally wiped out, which is why you never see him in the New Hope fight. Okay, well, I guess... I think it works. Okay. I mean, I think Gareth Edwards and the producers and the writers really took a lot of care to try and, like, make everything connect um, really well. Uh, I mean, it just kind of, yeah, for me, it like, yeah, and I love the fact that it, this felt like a, like, kind of the classic World War Two movies that... You and I grew up on, like, and, like, seeing these dogfights, seeing these, like, trench battles, literal trench battles, um, it all just made sense, and it was, so, yeah, I think it all made sense, it all feels great for me, and, um, this was just, like, a movie that was made with, like, a passion and heart. Yeah. And and a lot of reshots. Reshoots. A lot of reshoots, but a lot of attention to detail. Oh, yeah. Which is why I think they did a lot of reshoots. Is because they're like, ah, we gotta do this, do this. And then, yeah, it's like you got to... 
you met some great characters along the way, and then they're they're all gone. <laughs> but this is, I think does a great job of tying up canon and the fact that we don't ever see them. People, yeah, you just why you never see them because this is like a movie all. that's wrapped up in a bag. And yep, <laughs> it's a nice little package with a bow. All but, right. Uh, yeah. Well, Adam, I don't know. What did you think? You know, I think that it was good to tie up some of those loose cannon ends. I mean, we never had questions about it, but it's kind of cool to, as as a fan to see him like, oh, well, this was this was Red Five, not anymore. Now I you know this why. This was it's a Paul cool Sines. way to tie it up. Oh yeah. Like we'll get into this more next next episode, but but cool way to tie up. Unknown canon. Yes. So, let me ask you this before... One more question before we dive into hot takes. Because I know we're going to play into it in the next question. Mm-hmm. Did we need the film? I Did you say- need this movie to help the Star Wars story? I'm going to disappoint you. I'm going to say yes and no. No, I want one answer. One. Yeah, you've got to commit to one. Was this film... If this film was never made, would you be satisfied with the Star Wars story? Yes. There you go. So it needed to be made, or you were, you'd be satisfied if it wasn't? I'd be satif- satisfied if it was not made, but... But you're happy they did it. I'm happy that they go. did it. So, because it was a well-told story, great characters, great, great everything. So that's that's where I'm at. Is like I'm I'm just sort of like I did I need it? No. Was it nice that it came along? Sure. Hi, Lolly. Are you looking on Shumpex? <laughs> so I mean, I'll agree with you. I don't think this film was ever needed to further our appreciation Thank or you. the lore of Star Wars. <laughs> we agree on something, finally. Um, but, I mean, like I said, I am, I'm glad they made it. I think it does, yes. in the end, add to the story, even though we didn't need the story. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of those cool, like, oh, it happened. Nice to know. It'd be kind of like if they go back and make another kind of Rogue One movie of where they get the Death Star plans for the second Death Star. Yeah, and that's kind of the... Puffin spies died getting this to us. Yeah, well, they kind of did that in the video games. But yeah. It's but... not canon anymore, so... Yeah, but, I mean... It was like the point. whole Kyle Katarn yeah. stuff. One of my favorite characters. That's <laughs> him and Dash Rendar. So, deep cut for you, you <laughs> geeks out there. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, it's time for us to dive into some hot takes. What are they going to say this week? Alright, Adam, go for it. Give me your first big hot take. Mads Mikkelsen is completely wasted on this film. Um, Mads Mikkelsen is one of, I think, the greatest actors of our time. He had, like, nothing to frickin' do in this. And it's the same thing in Doctor Strange. It's like, he's completely wasted. 
if you want to watch an amazing film um, of his, uh, there's like uh, After the Wedding. Yep. Um, it's a Dutch film because he's Danish. But uh, I think there's one called like Valhalla. Uh, or, e- or Valhalla Rising. Valhalla Rising. Molly. Lolly. <laughs> we have a we have a cat that's our co-host. And trying to eat decorations. Yeah, and she's the sweetest though. We we really like her. She she will get her a t shirt when we if you want. T shirts for <laughs> at drinking pod. We'll do this. Um but and if uh, we want to commit suicide, we'll put it on the cat. <laughs> what? <laughs> but yeah, Valhalla Rising, but he's He's been in so many movies, and he's just a delightful actor. Like Casino Royale, he played like the chef. Yeah, the chef. But, um, but I just think he was kind of wasted because it's like, oh, you pick him for a role, and he is in it for like fifteen minutes, and then gets killed. Spoilers, sorry. <laughs> but it's more like I'm just like. Why are you wasting talent? You could have almost had him for a franchise. <laughs> like, no, you couldn't have had him for this. Oh, come on. You could no. have, like if you if you rewrote this, you could have had Mads Mickelson jump in and do whatever. Same thing with Marvel. Instead of having him having him play like Kaiselius, yep. I think is who he plays. Yep. Have him play Victor Von Doom, like, give him. Can. Well, he kind of died. Yeah, but with the whole multiverse storyline now, okay. easily yeah. could do that. Anyway, um, but what's your hot take, Matt? Come on. So my hot take on this is, I really, really, really wish they would have given us a little bit more. Um, Ship porn, I guess, is the best way for me to say this. Matt, um, are, are we supposed to be a PG? Well, I guess we're not really a PG. <laughs> no. um, and by that, I, I mean, I mean, we had a great battle scene. But I wish it would have been a little bit longer mm-hmm. for the audience to see the the space battle scene. Um, longer, more, more usage of the U wing. <laughs> I think it was a cool new the, design. Okay, kind of this hybrid lander slash fire kind of mm-hmm. all purpose craft. Um, and I also, my, my really biggest thing, and it's just me knowing so much of Star Wars lore and so much of what comes in the animation and live action that all tie, that kind of all interconnect in this series, is maybe, maybe we could have just had a little bit more of some of the animation characters from Rebels and... And Bad Batch kind of tie into this, even though I know. But did they, they come have in. to? Because it's like you think. I do. I think so because if you are if you are a, a super Star Wars nerd, and you've watched Rebels and you've seen them start to uncover the mysteries that lead up to the Death Star, but it doesn't pay off enough, and it ends without okay. that final payoff, and you just get this little fleet off like, oh, here's I a just ship. like it's a it's a big galaxy. It is full of. Trillions of life forms. Yes, but I, I, you know, from from the Star Wars franchise aspect, everything is so interconnected and so ties into each other, and it references itself and others so much to have. And I'm not saying any of these characters from Rebels or things should have been 
main characters or central focuses, but maybe more of a support role for the casual to be like, oh, where did they come from? I'm going to go check out this series now because I'm interested in this character. Okay. All right, and do you have any more hot takes for us today? No, I'm good. All right, folks. Well, this wraps up our discussion on Rogue One, but we can't leave you hanging right here. We've got to roll right into our Geek Wreck of the Week. It's time for the Geek Wreck of the Week. What are the geeks going to recommend? Matt, you're going to start this one. All right. So I am going to say my Geek Wreck this week, totally not a sci-fi nerd show in any sense, but we are currently doing a rewatch of the series called Third Watch. So created by the same... What the hell is that about? Same uh, creator who created ER um, did a show takes place in New York and it's about the NYPD fire department and paramedics all who work the 3 p.m. to midnight shift. Um, ran on NBC for six seasons in the late 90s, early 2000s. I remember watching it growing up and so we, we, it, it had never been on streaming to, until this year. Um, it finally had streaming rights. It's on Roku, so it's the free streaming channel. You get commercials. It is what it is. Um, but it's really interesting because... It starts off, obviously, in 99, and it actually was the first series of its time to really have PTSD discussions about 9-11. So, obviously, they're NYPD, NYFD, um, and the third season starts off right after 9-11 had happened, and they're all facing the fact that a lot of their friends and colleagues have died, and they feel like they failed their job and, and saving lives, so... And it was done a month after the, the, the 9-11 attacks. So they actually hit that and dive into it as a series and discuss it. You, you didn't really see that a lot in episodic TV at the time. Okay. All right. Adam, give us okay. a rec. Well, just getting on the topic of Donnie Yen. All right. <laughs> Much more positive than that's... Uh, that's one. Um, if you like Donnie Yen in this, like Donnie Yen to me is one of the greatest like film martial artists that you could see. Um, few movies you can watch. Flashpoint. You got to watch it in uh, Chinese. But also Ip Man, the series, is fantastic. And uh, so, but... If you go back in his catalog, I know he was in, like, Blade 2 and was completely wasted in that movie, but but he is a fantastic, dynamic film mar- martial artist. And, I mean, you see it in Rogue One, but you'll see it even more in, like, Flashpoint and Ip Man and all his other films. He's, like... He's just delightful. So, um, any uh, my rec is any Donnie Yen film that he's like a badass martial artist. <laughs> so, any any film, correct? Any any film? Like what? In? What are you putting out there? Mulan. Oh, I haven't seen Mulan. But it's a remake, Adam, and you recommend you hate remakes. I do hate remakes. But, but you recommend his film. I'm just putting. I recommend you. him as a martial artist. <laughs> I'm just trying to get in the circle because it's fun. But, yeah, because you're <laughs> gaslighting me. But 
I am just saying Donnie Yen is a very talented martial artist, very talented actor on film. So, like, the big ones I recommend are the IP Flashpoint and the Ip Man films. Ip Man. Not IP Man. I want to call it IP Man now because it's it's, IP. It's Ip Man. (laughs) So, if you you know anything about Bruce Lee, you'll get it. But, um, but yeah, check him out. Like, I know it's like he's doing whatever he wants to do at this point. Like, yeah. If Disney's willing to pay him millions of dollars to do Mulan, whatever. Did we need a new Mulan live action remake? No. <laughs> but that's not the point what of we this conversation. Need, what we did need in the Mulan live action remake was we did need a Mushu and a cricket. Who the hell played Mushu? There was no cr- Mushu. Was there a cricket? No. Then why the fuck did they make this movie? It doesn't it make any was, fucking sense. So I'm not, why is it here? <laughs> so I will say this, and I'm not defending the film in or or the animated film either one way. The animated film was great. The animated <laughs> film was great. This film was actually more representation is a better representation of the lore Mulan in Chinese uh, mythology. The animation was not very close to what Chinese mythology Mulan really is. But here's, I guess, here's also, I'm going to throw this on as a bonus hot take. Put my beer down for a minute. Okay, we kind of talked about this the other night. We had a uh, game night. Why do these live-action remakes? Why? When you're going to have to... 90% 90% of it is going to be CGI. It's I would like, say why make some of these Moana? Yeah, some of these yeah, some of these Disney live action remakes are going to be heavy CGI. Beauty and the Beast, Lion King, Jungle Book. I agree with those. There's some that won't be so heavy CGI. Mulan was one of them. We didn't have a lot we didn't have CGI characters that were yeah, but central to the plot element. Remake Moana. Or Lilo and Stitch. When you're going to be like, okay, 99.5% of this is going to be CGI. Which is exactly what you did for the original movie. I'm not defending the, the remakes of them. I understand from a business perspective why you remake them. I don't. And from a copyright perspective why you remake them. I don't. <laughs> it's all about the dollar signs, Adam. They break these remakes have raked in but money for they Disney. They are absolutely inferior to the originals. Like, I think if you look at like the ratings for Mulan, for Beauty and the Beast, all that. If you look at the ratings, critical ratings, people ratings, whatever, they're probably like very disproportionate and it's like i'm like moana was a perfect movie it was fine encanto is a great movie it's perfectly fine why do we need to remake them why do we need a live action version of them i agree i mean there's and there's only been a couple that i would say why is disney so like the company disney is the pinnacle of creativity. Mm-hmm. 
like everyone thinks, Disney, the most creative company in the world. Why are they so creative, like, in sort of creativity? Why are they bankrupt at this point? That they have to remake every single thing they do, and they make it shitty. I will not say, and I will I will disagree a little bit there, Adam. I don't think all of them have been shitty. I think some have been decent. I think some were good. I really did enjoy the Beauty and the Beast remake. Um, Is it better than the original one? I would say... No, you can't say, say that. So no, I'm not going to say it's better. I'm not going to say it's worse. I'm going to say, as a consumer of media, there are pros and cons to, wanting, to watching both. How is there a con to watching the animated one? The animated one won an Academy Award. True. For Best Animated Film, yes. Yeah, it was fantastic. It and was I'm not a saying it was bad. Film. I'm just saying, and we'll, we'll get into this at a whole other conversation before we tie this up. I'm going to say that I enjoyed the live action. I enjoyed the actors. I enjoyed a little bit change in the story. I enjoyed... Um, Watson was a pill in it. Not so much The only thing I liked the, about it was Dan Simmons. <laughs> You didn't like Ian McGregor in it or Ian McKellen? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm going to say I didn't. I enjoy it being less of a musical in that sense than the animated. And I understand that Disney animated, especially in that era of the 90s, was heavy on the music. And that's fine. As a child, I enjoyed it immensely. Um, what I do want to what there are certain films that Disney has remade. I will say Aladdin sucked. I will say. Um, Lion King, not good. This Mufasa that they're making, probably not going to be fun. Jungle Book. Wasn't Jungle right. Book was good. I, I enjoyed Jungle like Book. Um, Mulan, I enjoyed because it wasn't a musical. It was more of an action film. It was more of a... Stupid kick at the end to... More of a... to Jason Scott Lee. <laughs> more of a... Bleh. <laughs> historical representation of what Chinese mythology is. Not so much of a white Western take on it. And I also enjoy, especially with this, especially with um, what they did with, you know, like Moana. Not not the remake so far, but the sh- the, the, the the voice actors and stuff. Disney's done a very good job. It was perfect. Disney's done a very good job, especially with Mulan and, and these other films, to use actors of that, I wouldn't say ethnicity, but people of that historical, of that background. You know, we're going to make Mulan, and we're not going to have white actors voice these characters or be these characters. We're going to actually use not going to have cultural representation be correct. Okay. We're not going to have Eddie Murphy be a dragon yeah. in Mulan. Okay, no, I get that, but I just am still like, just stop it. <laughs> stop it. As long as people keep seeing it, and it's making money, it's well, not going to stop. I refuse at this point. You, um, yes, you do, and... I will see some. I won't see all. Well, you you have a child, so you have to see some. I have to, uh, she's still in the animation phase, not the live action phase, so I've got tons of time on that. Um, but before I dive off, um, you know, at the end of the day, and I don't, I mean, we both don't agree on this. Disney is a corporation, and the corporation's number one job is to make money. Yeah, but and they were they always be, a corporation that. Well, they can they they still do some good creative work, but creative work doesn't always make money. And if they're going to continue to be a studio, they've got to do dumb things like this sometimes to bring in the cash. But do you think that ultimately hurts 
that. No. In the end of the day, like when they release things that bomb, things that don't make them money. There are a few things that haven't made them money, but for the most part, these movies are making them bank. The the Little Mermaid remake made them tons of cash. I don't even, I don't know. I just am like, for me, it's like, I don't, like, they were like, there's a little mermaid remake. I don't care. I'm like, I don't need to watch it. Um, yeah, it brought in almost 600 million. Okay. On a $200 million budget. Okay, so, good yeah. for them. But so, but for them, to, I'm just saying, as I'm, a, I'm not getting into the whole yeah. racism thing. I'm like, I, no, I have, that's not, I, we, I have zero issue with the casting. No, of course. It's just more like, please stop remaking your other movies. It's like, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, I would much rather watch the animated Little Mermaid than the live action one. I would much rather watch the animated Aladdin than the live action one. And every time they announce like, oh yeah, we're going to do a live action Moana, live action Encanto, live action Lilo and Stitch, I'm not going to see these. I don't care because I have seen the better version. And I have not seen Lilo Stitch yet. What? Yep. I'm about to grab whatever I can, and it's a bunch of Starship Enterprises and a Battlestar Galactica, and I'm going to smash it over his face. Lilo and Stitch is my favorite Disney movie. Okay. I still haven't seen it. I'm not saying it's bad or good. I'm just saying I haven't seen it. I'm going to put it on for your daughter right now. I'm sure she's watched it. Mm-hmm. It's it's amazing. It was in that stretch of Disney films where I just didn't give a crap about Disney films. Well, yeah, it came out in a time I think you and I were at middle a school, age. high school. Yeah, yeah, high school time. But it's a sweet film. But oh, I'm sure it is. Anyway, but whatever. We're 2002. We're, so yeah, I was a sophomore. Yeah, we were sophomores. So definitely it was in that time where I was just like, eh, Disney. I really don't yeah. care. But please watch it with your daughter. It's, oh, I'm sure it will at some point. Stitch is like the cutest character on the planet. Um, and he's from out of this world. <laughs> anyway, well, I guess uh, this is wrapping things up. We we kind of went off on That's okay. a tangent. All right, folks. Well, this wraps up our episode of Have a Drink with Some Geeks podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, comment, all that great stuff. At Geek Drink Pod on all social media platforms. Shoot us a, uh, a comment. Let us know what you think of this week's episode. Um, let us know what you think about past episodes. Uh, let us know what you think about future episodes. And if you have suggestions, leave them there. Send us an email at uh, geekdrinkpod at gmail.com. <laughs> we don't have a Venmo, Adam. We can't get oh, the money. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I really don't want to do the taxes on that yet. Yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> we'll wait till after this tax season. <laughs> Um, but yeah, let us know what you think of these episodes and let your friends know. If your friends are Star Wars fans or they're not Star Wars fans, have them listen to these episodes. All right, folks. You guys have a great Geek Week. Take it easy. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Have a Drink with Some Geeks podcast. Tune in next week to see what our geeky host will discuss next week. Goodbye.
All content copyright. Geek Drink Pod 2024.